This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can pull up your home life cameras on your TV with your Contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. To learn more, visit cox.com slash thisishome. When I got married almost 18 years ago, I had this great idea. I wanted to buy a duplex. He would live on one side, I would live on the other, and we'd run back and forth when we felt like it. I am a woman who likes my space and my peace and quiet. I like things to be neat and tidy, and I wasn't all that sold on marriage. Though I was sold on him, I just didn't know how the whole living in a shared space together was going to work out. Well, we didn't buy duplex, but we are still married. And we've learned a lot along the way about relationships. I'm sure you have too. What are some do's and don'ts? What am I still trying to figure out? What do the experts say about keeping a solid relationship together? We're going to talk about all things relationships right here, right now on Polly Campbell. Simply Said. Simply Said is the place we come together to talk about the simple ways we can live well, do good, and be happy. And we might just change the world while we're at it. Are you ready? Let's do it! Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Polly. You're listening to Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And that usually involves other people, right? We are social creatures. We do better in relationships, friendships, connections, uh, often in marriages, particularly men. Research shows that men are healthier when they're in a marriage. (laughs) I wasn't so sure about marriage, though I grew up in a household where my parents have been married roughly 50 billion years, and they actually still like each other. I wasn't sure. And what came right down to it is I was sure about this guy. My husband is a kind-hearted, fun person, and I knew I wanted him in my life, and he wanted to be married. So nearly 18 years ago, we got married, and we're still going strong, and boy, have there been ups and downs, right? Living with anyone is hard. We have roommate issues, different styles of doing things, different people in a household. There's always bound to be some uncertainty, some conflict, and also a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun together. That doesn't mean there aren't some mornings that I wake up and I roll over and I see his face and it's like, what the heck am I doing here, right? How did I land here? But over the years in my work as a journalist and my work as an author, studying how our brains work and the importance of healthy relationships and in my interviews with top relationship experts and therapists like Kathleen Hendricks and Brad Reedy through my own therapy, through my own studies, reading and writing and a lot of practice, I've learned some things that work around here. Marriage has its ups and downs for sure. For me, it really has been. There have been days where I didn't know where we were going to end up, but 
we're right here and still doing pretty well. So I thought we'd talk about some of that today, some of the things that have worked and some of the things researchers suggest we practice, especially now in this day and age when we're keeping close quarters. It helps if we can have some fun together, if we can count on each other and get along. And I know many of you are committed to your relationships with your boyfriend or girlfriend, spouses, partners, people you love and looking for ways to make them better. And that has been my practice too. On my best days, I want to create strong relationships that support both of us, that make us both feel good. I've heard a lot of tips over the years in my work and studies, my research for my books. And while some podcasts have, you know, greatest hits, I have greatest tip podcasts, the things that have helped me the most in navigating this relationship, even when times are super tough and you just want your partner to shut up. (laughs) I'm not saying this is always politically correct. Sometimes just be quiet, right? Don't walk away though. That's not a good idea, but just be quiet. So let's get to it. One of the things a good friend told me over happy hour a number of years ago that really saved my bacon is there are plenty of times in a marriage or in a relationship with a child or friend that you just need to give a do-over. Give people the benefit of the doubt. We are human beings and we are going to screw this thing up. People make mistakes, right? We disappoint each other. We hurt each other. We say the wrong thing. We say the stupid thing. We act in a way that we're not necessarily proud of. I've done that plenty of times. So When my husband does that on my very best days or when my daughter does that or somebody else I care about, I try to step back and give a do-over. Okay, I know he's not a jerk. I know he's not out to get me. Just give a do-over. Let it go. There are some things worth discussing and some behaviors that cannot be allowed. Verbal and physical abuse is a deal-breaker. I'll have none of that. And I've never had any of that. I would not tolerate that in a relationship and either would he. But there are times when we make tiny mistakes that could throw the whole evening into wreckage. (laughs) And that might be the time where it's okay just to say, all right, I'm just going to let that go and ignore you ever said that. I'm just going to let it go. Why don't we try it again? We've gone so far in our family where when somebody says something stupid, or painful, or angry, we call them on it, and then we let them go out and come back in again. All right, why don't you come in and approach that in an entirely different way? And we pick up where we left off like nothing had happened. You need to gauge when the situation calls for that, but not everything is worth fighting for. Not everything is worth being right, because when you're right, that means somebody else has to feel wrong, and nobody likes that feeling. There's plenty of little things that you can let go. Catch yourself before you freak out over a thing that really doesn't matter in the long run. And be graceful and gracious and offer a do-over. And guess what happens? He'll offer you one too, right? Down the road, I've needed plenty. And sometimes he'll just look at me and he'll say, hey, let's start again. Thank you for that. That's a gracious move, and we can start again. There's a lot of research that's come out, um, shared research from the United States, Japan, and Poland called Benefit of the Doubt Happiness. And what they found is 
people who believe that somebody acted with intentional maliciousness, that somebody was intentionally mean, feel unhappy. They feel more stressed and they have poorer relationships. But when you can give someone the benefit of the doubt, it boosts your happiness and that creates a better connection in your relationship. So this is what I'm talking about. We all do stupid things. And when somebody does something stupid, give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe he didn't really mean for it to come out that way. Or maybe she didn't really mean to hurt you or didn't intend to be late, just got caught up and wasn't focused. When we can give another the benefit of the doubt, we feel happier. We build stronger relationships and we have less stress. That's a good thing to do. Ariel Ford once told me she used a relationship soulmate guru. You hear her on talk shows and radios, and she's the author of several books. She once told me that when you're really in a funk with your partner, think about what you'd miss, right? We get caught up in the routine. In my case, coffee grounds on the counter. Jay always makes the coffee, and he's a great coffee maker, and I'm so grateful. But man, I don't think that guy has ever washed a counter in his life. And it drives me crazy. I walk out and there's these coffee grounds all over the counter. And it's really easy to get caught in that rut when you see them every day, right? Can't you just wipe the counter down? But Ariel Ford said an interesting thing to me when I was researching my first book, Imperfect Spirituality. What she said was, what would you be willing to give up not to have the coffee grounds. So if the coffee grounds aren't there, that means he's no longer in your life. And is that the kind of trade you want? Would you rather have him and the coffee grounds or no coffee grounds and no him? Clear cut. I'll pick him any day still, right? And it kind of put things in perspective. Often the little things build up and become larger problems. And we throw them in each other's faces when problems occur and we're under stress as a family. I don't do that anymore. I don't want to waste my time on the little things. I don't want to uh, cause people stress over coffee grounds. Sometimes we joke about the things. I mean, I have things that I don't do. He has things that he doesn't do because, again, human Sometimes we joke about those things, but they really no longer bother me like they used to because I pick him and I can live with the coffee grounds. Fair trade. Another thing Jay and I started to do several years ago when I was really at a tough spot, I was feeling restless and not sure how to do this. We had a little child at the time and um, my work life had changed a lot because I was primarily parenting her. Uh, during the day. And so I was feeling like I didn't have much intellectual or physical space to myself. You know, those of you raising little kids, it's pretty demanding time in your life. And I was feeling underappreciated. And one thing we started to do as a couple is every night when we could find a moment, we would sit down and we would do an appreciation exercise. He actually started this for us. And we would sit down and he would tell me five things he appreciated about me that day. And it was so enlightening because so many of the things he shared were things I didn't even think he'd notice. And it made me feel so good. And he doesn't talk as much as I do. (laughs) And so 
often these things were things he really did enjoy or really did appreciate, but wouldn't say anything about. When we started the practice of appreciation, I could really see that he was tuned in. He, he understood what I was contributing to the family. And it made me feel so much better. And I did the same for him. And we developed this little pocket of time, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, where we just talked about the things we liked in each other. And it kind of put some positive energy in our emotional bank accounts. So when the days were rocky or hard, we had that to draw from. And I still remember, and we still do this today. We do it differently now. Um, But one of us will comment on something we appreciate about that person every other day. And another aspect of this is that we have been really impolite to each other over the years and we've had big, loud arguments. We're also very polite. When I cook dinner, and I do most of the cooking, he does most of the dishes, it's just the way it works best in our house. He thanks me for cooking dinner every single night. I thank him for making coffee. We don't take those things for granted because he is still putting effort out to make this home a comfortable place for me, and I'm still working to do that for him. And by recognizing and showing basic courtesy, we're honoring those efforts. So be polite and appreciate each other. Now, I'm not always feeling polite. I'm not pretending that we have this all worked out and we have this great, blissful marriage. I We don't. There's no way. I'm too intense and curious and busy, probably. But it is a satisfying one, and it's a loving one, and it's a fun one. I'm happy when he comes home. And these are some of the things that we practice to get there. And these are the things I've learned from the people who know much better than I, that I've tried to implement in my life. Courtesy and appreciation have carried us a long way because in the end, it's a bridge back after difficult days out in the world. It's a bridge back to each other. and gives us some way to connect. Another way to do this is get curious. Ask better questions. Kathleen Hendricks is the one who brought this up. She said, instead of getting mad or uptight, get curious. Get in a place of wonder. I wonder why he's responding like this. I wonder why he's so hurt that this is upsetting. I wonder what he knows that I don't know. Ask better questions. When he or she comes home from a day out or a trip to the grocery store or taking on a new activity in the home office, don't ask the same question every day. How was your day? Get creative. Get curious. What did you learn today? What did you enjoy? What was challenging? Why was it challenging? When you live with somebody for a long period of time, it's easy to become complacent and think you know it all. One practice we get into, we have dinners together, my daughter, my husband, and I, we sit at the dinner table. And a couple of times a week, somebody will tell a childhood story. It started because my daughter is really interested in, in where she came from and the stories from our youth and what made us who we are and how they influence her how she is becoming who she's becoming. And so we started these telling these stories to each other. And I've learned things about my husband that, first of all, I explain a lot. <laughs> and second of all, that I never knew before. Even after 18 years, it can be interesting. We can continue to know each other in different ways. 
we met as younger people and career-minded people. We're now knowing each other as parents of teenagers and people with independent activities, independent from each other, now that we have more freedom because we're not around with our teenage daughter quite as often as we had to when she was a young child and a toddler. And we're growing in different ways in our careers and our personal interests. And it's great to hear about his woodwork and uh, his running and the things he's interested in. And we have things that we share together too, like golf, when we can get out there and do that. That's a good time to talk. But mostly... I feel like the responsibility is mine to ask the right questions, to show interest. And what I'm finding is when I ask better questions, I get really interesting answers from him. When I ask the boring questions, well, I, truth be told, tune out, you know. <laughs> we don't always want to talk at the end of the day. I get that. And I certainly don't. Sometimes I just need some time to myself after work. But it's become a more interesting exploration for both of us when we're curious about each other. Spend time together and apart. My friend and great voice actor, uh, Mary McDonald Lewis, told me this long before I was married. She said, don't expect your partner to be all things. And I think it's easy to think, oh, okay, now I'm in this relationship. We have to do everything together and we have to share everything. I think that's baloney. I think I would be insane. And for sure he would if he had to share all my interests and do the things with my friends. I love to be with them. We have great time together. And that's who I'm coming home to. That's my priority. But we have a lot of separate interests. I love to go to author readings and hang out with my girlfriends and he likes to fish and work out in the yard and we have our weekend puttering where we do our thing I write or watch you know writing seminars or whatever it is and then we come back together and we share what we've learned it's that time away that makes me happy to come back right to reconnect. We are very much our own people. And he never wanted to take that from me. And I absolutely don't. Part of the reason I'm still attracted to him is because of his individualism and his separate interests. It's interesting. And we also build in time to spend together. We love to golf together. And what I found is, uh, while I'm more the pondering conversationalist, you know, over dinner or while I'm cooking dinner, when he's busy doing something, that's when he jabbers. So when we're golfing and, and we're walking or in the cart, that's when he's telling me about things on his mind. He's more relaxed and, and verbal that way. So it's a great way to do something fun and competitive. I am totally focused on beating him. He's a much better golfer than I am, and I'm going to win sometime this summer. But it's also something fun we can share. Um, these are basics, you know, I, I'm sure many of you are doing these things too, these last three, but these are super important, uh, things. And that is compassion. Try to understand and validate the other person. Even if you don't get, I swear to God, half the time, I don't have a clue where he's coming from. He does not think like me. It drives me crazy. And I drive him crazy a fair amount too, but I don't have to understand where he's coming from. I don't have to agree with him to hear it and validate it and understand how that situation would impact him. Just because it doesn't impact me doesn't mean it's not important. And 
there's lots of research that when we can get close and understand, show compassion by understanding why something is troublesome to another, we can develop a greater connection. And I'm working on that, right? It doesn't have to be my thing. I want to support him. And sometimes the best way to support your partner, your child, your parents, the people you love is just to hear it and validate the feeling they are having and listen while they work through that themselves. Okay. Finally, the biggest, most important tip I can give you, get happy hour with the girls or the guys, whoever you hang out with, man, you are going to need it. I need it. My girlfriends have been a great source of humor and support and advice and insight Mostly just getting together and reaffirming our connection, reminding myself that I have this wide network, not just my husband, not just my daughter, but these great women in my life who I can learn and grow from too. So find that outside support network too, not to go off on your partnership or marriage, simply to be in contact with other people. My friendships and my time with those people always makes me feel better about myself my life and my marriage. Find those people. They're part of this village, right? That makes these relationships work. So Simply Start, that brings us to the Simply Start segment today. As we're going through this changing time, what one thing will you pick today to help improve your relationship or strengthen what you already have or learn more about the person you're in relationship with. Pick one of the things I talked about today. Appreciation, curiosity, spending time together, spending time apart, giving each other the benefit of the doubt or a do-over. I really think the appreciation is a fun one. It's surprising how interesting that can be and the impact that has almost immediately on how you feel about yourself and your partner and your relationship. Simply start today, pick one of the things we covered to try in your marriage, trying your relationship and see how it feels to you. See what impact it has on that relationship. Try one of these things and if it benefits you and it feels good, keep it up. Build a habit. Build a habit into your relationship. If it doesn't work, skip it, move on. Pick something else, right? Take what you can use. Use what works. But the point is, is that the people we allow into our lives are valuable, the most valuable thing. And we need to appreciate those relationships and work on them and cultivate them and nourish them. And these are a few ways to do it. Simply start, practice appreciation with each other. Choose a do-over. Do something to nourish that relationship today. And that brings us to the Simply Nifty segment where I talk about things that I love, things that have made my life better. And this time I'm talking about a book. You know, books are always my favorite things. But this one, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by John Gottman from the Gottman Institute. He's a famous, very well-known relationship expert who has created a living lab where they invite couples in and they put them in like a a house uh, laboratory. It feels like a home. And they watch them as they work through the trials and tribulations and conflicts of life. And because of that research, three decades, four decades of research, he's been able to identify some of the key factors that really aid uh, and strengthen a marriage or a 
a romantic relationship. And The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work is one of his books, and it covers a lot of those. But the other fun part about this is it has lots of quizzes and questionnaires, things that you can think about. I was really struck about how many of the questions in the book I'd never even asked my husband. I didn't know the answers to, even after living with him this long. And um, I wanted to learn more. So start there. Check out the book. It's interesting. It's enlightening, even if you just read it for yourself. I learned a lot about uh, some of the things I don't want to bring to the relationship and some of the things I do. So it was uh, a very interesting read, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. John Gottman. Check it out. All right, friends, that's it. Let's go forward. I think practicing these things and taking time to nourish our relationship is not only good for the marriage, but it's good for ourselves. It's good for us. When we feel good, when we are in a loving and safe and healthy relationship, we're going to live well and do good and be happy. And that is what it's all about. Thanks for tuning in. Find me at PL Campbell on Twitter or on Facebook at Polly Campbell Author. Check in, sign up for the newsletter. Let me know what you're thinking about these episodes, what you'd like to cover here, and we'll do it. Thanks for tuning in. Be safe, be well. Now, let's go forward and live well. Do good and be happy. (music) 